Welcome to The Upshot. I'm Leah Rose. Today I'm talking to Diana Cap, who wrote Why Palo Alto's Kids Are Killing Themselves for the June issue of San Francisco Magazine. Experts will tell you that suicide absolutely is contagious, and this phenomenon they call a suicide cluster, and they define that as three or more suicides happening in close proximity. In her story, Diana writes about two recent clusters of suicides among high school kids in Palo Alto, a largely affluent city that many believe encourages a culture of fierce competition and stifling academic pressure among its teenage population. Diana investigates why eight teenagers over the past five years have killed themselves and tries to pin down the various theories as to why. Some people believe that suicide can become a trend and a way to gain distinction in a cutthroat environment, while others believe that widespread depression and the drive for personal excellence over self-care and awareness may be the cause. Here's my conversation with Diana. Your story opens at what sounds like a typical high school party in Palo Alto. What was different about that particular party, and were you actually there? No, I wasn't there. It was a story that Martha Cabot told to me. Um, She's a sophomore at Gunn High School, and she was describing um, sort of the level of anxiety that kids are feeling around town um, because there's been a spate of suicides. And the example she gave was this party on a Friday night about a week before finals, And one boy, a friend of hers, kind of wandered off. And the moment they noticed that he was gone, um, they all panicked and went racing down to the railroad tracks, which is where a lot of the suicides are happening in Palo Alto. And it turned out Martha wasn't among them that went to the tracks because she had a bum knee, so she had stayed back at the party. And when she walked back inside the house after this you know, huge group of kids went running down the street or jumped in cars, uh, there he was sitting on the den sofa. And she said, where were you? And he said, I was taking a piss. <laughs> so it just really got to – to me, it was such a great story about the level of – tension and anxiety and how kids and adults in Palo Alto are feeling like there's tragedy and danger like around every corner and they're sort of living waiting for the next suicide to happen. And how the kids are banding together too to try and prevent it. Uh, What types of things did you hear the kids organizing or doing on their own to try and stop other kids in their school from committing suicide? There's actually a lot of things kids are doing, and it's pretty impressive. Um, For instance, uh, one girl started a referral box for seeing counselors. And the idea is that you could refer yourself or you could refer a friend. And I think the refer yourself is a really important piece of that. It's anonymous. And I think these kids, you know, being able to face the fact that they're in trouble – maybe easier to write their name down and then have a counselor come to get them than have to feel like they're showing up and admitting that they have a problem. So I thought that was pretty smart and from the head of a kid and understanding the mentality. Uh, There's other things kids are doing like T-shirts that say, talk to me, and they're planning uh, 
like walks and marches that are um, to destigmatize sort of mental health and um, the fact that that it's a problem, um, make it seem more a normal part of teen life because they're recognizing that it absolutely is and that many, many kids are facing depression, anxiety. Many people believe it has something to do with the culture of Palo Alto and how competitive it is for high school students, how cutthroat it is. What do you think about that? I think that's an oversimplification of what's going on. I think there is an issue in this town with student stress and very, very high levels of academic stress and expectation kids have of themselves and parents and teachers have of kids. But I think um, it's not that simple. The fact that these suicides have been happening in this town has a big impact on the fact that they continue to happen. It's sort of the number one risk factor, I think, is the fact that it's happened to a youth recently. Can you explain exactly what a cluster of suicide is and how some experts feel like one may feed off the next? Experts will tell you that suicide absolutely is contagious. And this phenomenon they call a suicide cluster. And they define that as three or more suicides happening in close geographic or time proximity. Um I think they say, you know, within six months or maybe it's within a year. It doesn't mean that the kids know each other necessarily. Um, So it's not that it's a group of friends and they're all acting um, in response to another one suicide. It can be a stranger, but it's in the same school. It's this is very common in the military. It's happening right now on a lot of college campuses at MIT, at Penn. And it also, this is something else that you pointed out that I thought was really interesting, that this is a way, committing suicide is almost a way that someone can stand out and achieve some sort of ultimate status. So do you think that's maybe a reason why kids are killing themselves? I just want to comment on one thing you said, because this was a really interesting part of my reporting, which is that the term committed suicide is actually something in Palo Alto that they're really trying to avoid even saying. And I think that they believe that there's something in that term that sounds like it's voluntary. And I think they're trying to look at this as something that you're not mentally well, and so it actually isn't voluntary because you're not in a state of mind where you're making reasonable choices. So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, back to your question about whether this is a way to stand out. I think there always is the element of um, it seeming glorified. And there's a lot of fear around Palo Alto around um, memorializing the kids who have killed themselves, detailing the stories of these kids Um, some students told me that they think even being sad and depressed in their high school is actually right now popular and cool. And I I imagine that it is a way to get attention and stand out. Um, And I think that's always been an issue for teenagers, and it continues to be in Palo Alto and in every other town in America. You know, it's an age where you're trying to, you're grappling with your identity, you're trying to figure out who you are, you want to stand out. And 
but it is particularly hard in Palo Alto to stand out because it's such a concentrated number of very, very talented kids. And what are the majority of the students that you interviewed? What are they studying? There's a huge emphasis on STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's just even one more layer to this whole expectations of students and am I living up to it kind of feeling because some of the kids I talked to that were really into English and the humanities, they love to write or they're into journalism. They talked about, you know, there's very few AP courses offered. Their parents worry about them going towards those fields because you're not going to be as employable and you're not going to make as good of an income. And for a kid, you know, who's 15 and 16 years old, to already be limiting themselves in this way um, does strike me as we've gone just way far off in the direction of STEM, like our this kind of national conversation that we need to, you know, focus on technology and that that's sort of a national call, I think is getting translated in Palo Alto to these kids in such a literal way. And that's just one more thing that they have to be good at and that they have to be interested in. Um, And I think that's, you know, again, that just makes a lot of kids feel bad about themselves. There's a really great quote that you included from William Damon, who's the director of the Stanford Center on Adolescence. He said, we're missing the wise, the reflective. Did you find that when you were talking to the kids at Gunn? I really do. I love this professor, William Damon. He talks about what he thinks is missing in kids today is a feeling of purpose. He talked about a lot of kids seem very cynical and apathetic, and he listed off a whole list of words like that that he hears from kids all the time to kind of describe themselves and how they're feeling. And I do feel like kids in Palo Alto right now are talking a lot about where they need to get in terms of a college and how they need to get certain grades and do certain internships, but they don't talk about the larger reason why, sort of what the interest is behind that or what it is that they want out of their lives that's going to make it meaningful and fulfilling. It's much more about chasing a goal that has been kind of imposed upon them by society or their parents, and they've completely internalized it. So they now expect this of themselves. So a lot of it's coming from a place of fear. I think so. I think there's a reality to the challenge to the U.S. right now. And it is true that many places in the world are educating their kids in an extremely powerful way and that the U.S. um, is falling behind in certain ways. But it's kind of ironic just given how well things are going in Palo Alto and how many people are succeeding that come from such unconventional backgrounds. So it's not entirely a culture of you did the right thing, you went to the right college, you got all the good grades. It's almost the opposite of that that seems to lead. It's not to say that, you know, we, we're all going to be the Steve Jobs story and it's the college dropouts that are going to be the big success. But I would say in the main Silicon Valley is full of people that rise up from very non-traditional paths. 
the unexpected people that kind of go their own way and follow their passion fail a lot. That's one thing. There's such a value in Silicon Valley to this idea that you just fail, 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 and that's how you ultimately succeed. But what about emotional support? How important is that for people to receive? How important is self-care? I think it's very important. I think kids need a time in their day, every day, when they can do things that just that don't matter, that aren't, you know, to do well at a sport and to shine um, in any particular way where they can just be kids. And I think we're so scheduled. We have to do every single thing that we do at such a high level that any kind of time to have self-care, just throw back with friends, um, that's being lost. Sunia Luther, a psychology professor from Arizona State who studies affluent kids, said that affluent kids are more likely to kill themselves than impoverished kids. Why do you think that is? Her research is really interesting because she actually was studying at-risk kids, and she used the affluent kids as a control group, and she found that they had more risk factors. I think um, why is that? It has to do with um, maybe the amount of choices that kids have in their lives adds pressure for each choice to be so important. Um, Maybe it has to do with um, how busy parents are that are working and, you know, to make that kind of income that um, allows you to live in Palo Alto. It has to do with... um, you know, higher expectations of these kids to, you know, not just go to college, but, you know, attend Ivy League colleges where currently, you know, less than 5% of applicants are being accepted. So it's a whole a whole range of problems. It's a whole range of problems, definitely. Well, thank you, Diana, for your story. And thanks for coming to talk to me today. Thanks, Leah. The Upshot was recorded today at the Writer's Grotto in San Francisco with help from Julia Scott. The Upshot is produced by Justin Richman, who just earned his master's in journalism from UC Berkeley J School. So big congrats to Justin. Don't forget about the little people. As always, thank you to John Steinberg and San Francisco Magazine for sponsoring today's episode of The Upshot. Please follow us on iTunes and Stitcher and read all of the stories we talk about on the podcast on our website, theupshotpod.com. Our Twitter is at theupshotpod. Until next time, I'm Leah Rose. This is The Upshot.